0: Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll check in with some local farmers and find out how the harvest is coming along. Also, we'll have details on Stats Canada's latest stocks report. And up first in today's country comment, we'll be joined by the province's cereal specialist, Anne Kirk. The latest farm news and market numbers, all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us now is the province's cereal specialist, Ann Kirk, with an update on harvest. Let's start with uh, winter cereals. Um, are, things are pretty much wrapped up now? or
1: Yeah, pretty much wrapped up across the province. I know there's a bit left to do in the southwest region, but uh, in general, winter cereals harvest is completed across the province.
0: And overall, um, what did we see for yields?
1: Yeah, I think yields are pretty good. People are fairly happy with yields, so... Uh, fall rye, the average is probably about 75 to 90. Winter wheat, ranging from about 60 to 70 as an average. So uh, I think, you know, people are fairly happy with those yields. Um, and the quality, uh, I think, is okay. In fall rye, we're do, are seeing some higher levels of ergot. Um, but in general, things are looking good.
0: And um, we saw a lot of uh, spring wheat harvest get underway this week. Uh, where are things out there?
1: Yeah, lots of spring wheat harvest. Um, Definitely like depends on which area of the province you're in. So um, in the central uh, northwest area we are see in northwest area we're seeing about half of the spring wheat harvest being completed. Um, areas like the southwest and the interlake, uh, a little bit lower. Interlake, we did see a lot of really late seeding, so we'd expect to see later harvest there, but uh, for spring wheat, across the province, we're seeing about 30% complete, but in the northwest and central region, about 50% complete spring wheat harvest.
0: Okay, and what have uh, some of the early um, yield uh, results been?
1: Yeah, it's, um, uh, in terms of yield averages, we're seeing so far is about 60 to 70 bushels per acre for spring wheat with um, good quality, so protein we're seeing ranging from about 12.5% up to almost 15% in uh, good test weights.
0: Just noting here that uh, we're seeing some higher um, fusarium-damaged kernels on, on some uh, wheat.
1: Yeah, that's what we're hearing from some agronomists in the elevators. We're uh, seeing some like, generally low DON levels, uh, and most of the wheat is grading number one for CWRS wheat. Uh, it kind of just depends on you know, the area of the province, when wheat was seeded and when it was in that um, prime stage for fusarium infection, what we're seeing. But uh, yeah, we are seeing some higher levels of fusarium-damaged kernels.
0: And uh, looking at the barley uh, crop, uh, where things at there?
1: Yeah, for barley, it's about uh, similar. In the central and eastern region, it's about 50% complete. Across the province, we're about 25% complete. Um, same with the interlake. We're seeing, you know, low levels of harvest taking place in that region for spring cereals. Um, and then in terms of yield for barley, uh, average yields we're hearing are about 65 to 90 bushels per acre.
0: And uh, for the uh, for the oat harvest, uh, that's um, it. Looks like progress is about thirteen percent.
1: Yeah, across the whole province, we are seeing more oat harvest in uh, the southwest region, or sorry, in the southwest, central, and eastern. It's all about you know fifteen to twenty percent of oats have been harvested. Uh, definitely seeing some you know lots of green stems and more swathing uh, for oats this year than we've seen uh, in the past, just due to the late the late season. So. Um, yeah, definitely, we're definitely seeing more swathing and um, you know some straight cutting of oats. In terms of yields, uh, reported average yields range from about 100 to 180, with maybe the average about the 140 range.
0: You know, comparing this year to other years, um, how far along would we be at this uh, at this point?
1: On a typical year, we would be about 50 percent uh, completed harvest in general. Um, this year, we're at about 15 percent harvest progress, so uh, well behind that five-year average. Um, and that's just to, you know the impacts of delayed seeding, lots of rain um, and high humidity that we're seeing there's delay in the harvest.
0: And um, going forward here, I guess uh, just looking at the forecast looks like there's lots of uh, lots of sun and heat in in the uh, forecast. Um, do you expect things will just uh, you know move along here?
1: Yeah, we're expecting you know the weather looks good for harvest Just to keep keep continuing. Um, some of the later seeded seeded cereals are starting to dry down a bit and have less green in them. so, you know, we will see very good har- harvest progress in the next week.
0: That was Ann Kirk, cereal specialist with Manitoba Agriculture. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Manitoba Agriculture says ideal harvest conditions allowed for significant progress this past week. Progress sits at 15% complete across the province, well behind the five-year average of 51% completed by this time. Crop condition looks good to very good in most parts of the province, while the bulk of the crops have been desiccated. Spring wheat harvest is expected to become widespread this week as crops dry down and weather forecasts remain warm and sunny. Lodge crops due to recent isolated heavy rain and wind events in some regions have disrupted smooth harvest operations in peas and some cereals. A limited start to soil testing has begun in some fields. The Richardson Centre for Food Technology and Research held an open house last month at the University of Manitoba. Dr. Rotimi Aluku is Director and Canada Research Chair. One
2: of the main things we do is uh, grain milling. Uh, We have a Health Canada certified uh, pilot plant uh, where we can mill different types of grains into uh, different grades of flour and then these flours can then be sold directly to the public. Uh, So we can produce, for example, high-protein flours because we know these days uh, plant proteins are very important Uh, actually in the economy of the world. And so we are participating, you know, vigorously in that aspect by enabling Manitoba uh, farmers, Manitoba producers to be able to mill their grains uh, into high-protein flours.
0: And the Western Canadian wheat grower says it strongly opposes the federal government's proposition of reducing fertilizer emissions by 30%. Here's Executive Director Carl Stewart.
3: We would suggest to the federal government to reduce the carbon intensity per unit of output. Uh, According to the Fertilizer Institute, for every one ton of nitrogen fertilizer produced, 1.1 metric tons of carbon emissions are produced. That's also down from 1.6 metric tons in 2015. So our industry is already trying to actively lower our emissions without government incentive already. There's significant... Economic incentive for producers to minimize their fertilizer consumption. It's also in the best interest to do so.
0: The government's consultation process wrapped up last week. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Wednesday, September 7th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll have details on Stats Canada's latest stocks report. Stats Canada released its stocks report for July 31st this morning. I got the details from John Drieger with Leftfield Commodity Research.
4: Part of the reason this one is interesting is, is this is the official carryout for this last crop year. So in some ways, you know, one of the things as, as a market analyst, we, we think a lot about what are the stocks going to be at the end of a crop year. That tells us a lot as to whether markets are bullish or bearish or tight or that sort of thing. And so uh, this is kind of the official Statistics Canada number for this crop year that just ended. And uh, and as you mentioned, you know, stocks are down sharply pretty much across the board, anywhere from 30 to 50 percent, depending on the crop. And uh, just really a reflection of the fact that, that last year's uh, drought in Western Canada, I mean, we, we really had a, a yield disaster last year and, and crops were small. And, and at the end of the day, uh, at the end of the crop year, uh, there's not much left. And that's basically what, what Statscan showed us here today.
0: Let's run through some of the crops here. Wheat uh, total stocks down uh, 38%. Yeah,
4: that's right. Yeah, wheat, wheat was down, uh, down considerably. And, and again, just a reflection of, of uh, a low yield. Uh, one of the things that's kind of interesting, I think, with wheat is, is we actually fed quite a bit of wheat last year. Part of it is because there was a much smaller barley crop and some other feed grains. So there's some of those, uh, uh, when you peel the onion back uh, a couple layers in, in this report, those are some of the things that, that we look for and are interesting. But, but certainly, again, we, uh, you know, small crop uh, didn't export nearly as much as we did in the past because we simply didn't have the stocks and, uh, and there wasn't that much left at the end of the
0: day. For canola uh, canola is at its lowest level uh, since 2013 down uh, over 50 percent.
4: Yeah that's correct yeah canola way down and in fact as we as we look closer at the numbers it's, it's likely that number is probably a little bit too low. I, I think they're probably uh, they may be underestimated farm stocks a little bit uh, but even so even if that number is a bit on the low side uh, again just like other crops uh, you know down dramatically. I, I think the market was, was showing that there certainly wasn't a lot of canola left when you just look at how incredibly high prices were, uh, you know, really through through most of the crop year. And uh, you know, prices reflecting that, uh, trade and farmer delivery activity reflecting that. And, and so today just kind of uh, affirmed what everybody was expecting.
0: For canola, touch a little bit on the, on the exports. Those were down uh, drastically as well.
4: Yeah, that's right. It's uh, it's uh, again, you know, for virtually all crops, exports were were down significantly. One of the interesting things with canola is because we do have such a large uh, uh, domestic crush industry here in in Western Canada, and and so unlike some crops where where the bulk of demand is is exports, you know, typically canola, uh, say in in more normal production years, might be you know call it 50 50 ish between crush and exports. Uh, crush was down this last year, but but certainly not nearly as much as exports were. So so exports really took it on the chin. Uh, just kind of shows a little bit how uh, our, our crushers here in Western Canada they they bid more aggressively for canola. More of it was processed in our backyard, and and even though crush was lower, uh, the drop was not nearly as much. And, and instead, it was was exports that really took it on the chin this year to uh, to kind of just make up for the fact that we just didn't have the crop to send overseas.
0: Just looking at uh, uh, dry peas here, uh, down uh, over thirty-one uh, percent. Talk a bit about that number and um, you know just demand uh, from from places like China.
4: Yeah, you know, pea stocks again, like all, all the others, down. Uh, you know, reflecting the, 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 the smaller crop. But you know, one of the things with, with peas, and it'll be actually in some ways interesting going forward, is, uh, is a bit, You know, China has been such a, a huge uh, market for our peas. You know, the bulk of our yellow pea exports go to China. And, uh, and so they've been a, a hugely important market. You know, actually, it's, it's, really, it's really helped offset uh, uh, India's reduced purchases the last couple of years. And so, so in that sense, China's really one to watch for, for peas. Uh, and, and they took the bulk of our peas this last year from, from an export perspective. Uh, it's something we're going to watch closely going forward. Are, are they going to purchase as much as they did in the past? A, a good chunk of those peas do go into livestock feeding. Uh, we know their hog numbers are down. Uh, what is that going to look like going forward? That's a little bit of a question mark. So we'll see how that, how that shakes out here uh, in the year looking ahead. You know, obviously not reflected in today's stocks number, but, but something we're thinking about as, uh, as we have a bit of a larger harvest this year as, as
0: weather improved in most regions. Did uh, any, any other numbers stand out for you here today?
4: You know, nothing that really jumped out a whole lot. I, again, I, I think it's largely as expected. Uh in some ways it's almost uh how we say a little bit of a a report card in the sense of, of sort of looking back on what, what happened and, and maybe fine tuning some numbers as you work through balance sheets. But you know, markets are forward looking and so in some sense, not a lot of big surprises in today's report. Uh, I think for the last little while, markets have been focusing on, on harvest and crop conditions and, and looking ahead to what's uh, what's going to happen during the coming years. So, uh, more backward looking, but but still still interesting and, uh, and you know, a bit of a summation of, of what this last crop year looked like.
0: And with the uh, lower stocks, you know, how might that impact farmers' uh, decisions here? You know, um, with this harvest.
4: Yeah, you know, with the, with the lower stocks, I mean, one of the things that, that it helps do is uh, so we will have a larger harvest this year, undoubtedly, and be, you know, still, until it's in the bin, you don't know quite what's out there. Uh, but the fact that there's so little crop coming into this season means that the, the increase in the total supply of grains uh, isn't going to be as, as large. And so it keeps some of these balance sheets a little bit on the tighter side. Uh, one of the things I think with farmer selling decisions, you know, I, I think farmers are generally more lightly sold coming into this harvest, and I, I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One of them is that, you know, that that stocks are tight, uh, a reflection of of last year's uh, yield challenges. Uh, but then, not only you know was last year a challenging production year, which I think in some cases made farmers a little bit more cautious, uh, but it was extremely dry coming into the winter. And then early this spring, it was extremely dry. The western half of the prairies really wet and delayed in a good chunk of the eastern half of the prairies. And so I think all of those things have left farmers maybe a little more cautious about about forward-selling grain, more so than they have in the past. And so in some sense, uh, you know, maybe the, the tight stocks number, I don't know if you could say directly has impacted farmers' decisions per se, but I, I think the tight stocks is kind of a reflection of all these things that have happened over the past uh, 12 months. Uh, which is that I think a big impact in how farmers view these markets and, and how to balance that risk on their farm in terms of you are trying to lock in what have been attractive prices but there's also the production risk component and uncertainty that's come with it as well. And so I think farmers have, have, have understandably wrestled
0: with that. That was John Drieger with Field Commodity Research recapping this morning's Stats Canada Stocks Report for July 31st. That's it for the Prairie Ag Wire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email the thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Egg Wire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Double B Egg Fest takes place in beaux September 9th through to the 11th. And looking ahead, the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is hosting its 5th Annual Regenerative Agriculture Conference November 14th and 15th in Brandon. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon. Reporter Barry Lamb caught up with Ryan Heinrichs. He's a branch manager for Green Valley Equipment in Killarney to get an update on harvest.
5: Harvest is going great. You know, Mother Nature's been very kind to us with the weather and the, and also the, the way the crops have been maturing out there, Barry. The, uh, you know, most of the guys are through... Uh, through the early stuff or just wrapping up peas and, and some of the early oats and stuff like that. And then uh, uh we've got some guys wrapping up wheat even this week. Uh but yeah, it's uh it's a bit of a mixed bag out there. You know, there's some good, some bad, uh nothing ugly by any stretch of the imagination. Um but uh yeah machines are working great um everybody's enjoying uh what they're seeing for yields and uh quality seems to be there if we can keep going without a rain uh that's going to make all the difference for us
0: looks like a good run of sunshine as you briefly touched on how important to have uh, a good stretch here where the, those acres can come off
5: you know it's critical uh these machines we've got nowadays can cover some acres pretty quick and uh, get over the ground and, and uh, in a relatively efficient fashion so it's uh it's really, uh, you know, if, this, if Mother Nature can continue to work with us for the next few weeks here and, and also hold off on a frost. You know, we don't want to see a frost yet until, uh, I'd say, into October if we can help it. We've we got some corn to finish and some beans. And, uh, uh, yeah, if if she can work with us, we'll be good.
0: That was Ryan Heinrichs, branch manager with Green Valley Equipment in Killarney, chatting with reporter Barry Lamb. Morning Show host Chris Sumner visited the farm of Marlin Fraze. Who farms in the Plum Coulee, Horn area? We've done some oats and canola, uh, edible beans, and some corn. Um, so, yeah, we've done some oat harvest so far. We've done a little bit of canola harvest so far. So, and the yields have been fairly,
1: fairly good so far.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, usually with a drier year, as long as it isn't too dry, quality is pretty good too. Are, are you seeing decent quality? Very good quality. Yeah, yeah, no, that hasn't been a problem. Uh, much better than last year when we had uh, way, way less rain. Yeah. yeah. So when you see a forecast over the next week to ten days where there's little to no rain in the in, in the weather, what, what's running through your mind? A uh, big smile. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we said before, it's that's uh, perfect harvesting weather now. You bet. That was Marlin Fraze, a farmer in the Plum Coulee, Horndine area. He was chatting with morning show host Chris Sumner. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The Western Canadian wheat growers have taken a firm stand in opposition to a proposed cut of 30% to nitrogen based fertilizer emissions in a submission to the federal government. Here's Executive Director Carl Stewart.
3: Here at the wheat growers, we strongly oppose the federal government's proposition of reducing nitrogen applications by 30%. There's simply very little to gain and a lot to lose, to be frank. At a time when high grocery prices, the last thing we need to do is to lower our crop potential. This will hurt poor developing nations the worst. Uh, Canadian farmers are already some of the most efficient fertilizer users in the world. Technologies such as GPS guidance, variable rate, sectional control have allowed farmers to minimize their fertilizer applications and maximize their efficiency.
0: The government's consultation process wrapped up last week. And the Richardson Centre for Food Technology and Research at the University of Manitoba recently underwent a name change. Dr.
2: Rotimi Aluku is Director and Canada Research Chair. The name change uh, initially we were called the Richardson Centre for Functional Foods and Nutraceuticals, uh, but that was because at that time when the centre opened, that was a major emphasis in research that we do here. But now we have diversified from just uh, research on functional foods, to various aspects of food processing, especially in terms of uh, plant protein processing. And so we don't just do only functional foods anymore. We do also functional foods, but in addition to that, we also do food processing, we do food formulation, uh, we do various types of food product development, uh, we do food analysis. And so we are a food technology centre and not just a functional food centre. The
0: centre held an open house last month. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll get an update on the cattle markets. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.